It's Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Items in the news that you might have missed. Europe Calling. So, a very good day to everybody. Welcome to the podcast Europe Calling with Vincent Terry. And our date is the 13th of July, 2023. Well, we started off today. Uh, it was muggy. The definition on the mountain wasn't very good. A lot of grey clouds uh, shrouding the mountain during the day. Now it's all burned off and it is uh, pretty hot. So let me get across to Terry going west from here. Probably the best part of an hour if you drive sensibly. Terry probably goes a bit faster. <laughs> Good day to you, Terry. And how are you today? I'm all right, Vince. I'm, I'm back in my air-conditioned office. Uh, I'm very happy to do that. I've been in Torrevieja most of the day today, and it was really, it was really hot down there. It was, it was about 35, 36 degrees and very, very humid. And I'm pleased to get out of the car back here in Alfaz del P. And uh, as warm as it is, well, it's only about 30 degrees, but there's a lovely breeze here and there's no humidity. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I'm going to give you the, the, the essence of what I do really is I'm sitting and looking at stuff all the time thinking that would be good for a discussion. This will be good for a discussion. And uh, this was the one that I earmarked for an early discussion today. So let me just get the, the right uh, thing on here. And uh, yeah, away we go. So uh, you'll see the irony as I pick this particular paragraph, which read, Hugh Edwards has jumped to fourth on the list of BBC's highest paid stars. According to the corporation's annual report, the News at 10 presenter, who won praise for his role uh, in anchoring the coverage of the Queen's death and funeral last September, was given a 25,000 pay rise last year. In doing so, his total salary was bumped up to £439,000 a year, causing him to overtake Radio 5 Live's Stephen Nolan, who took a £15,000 pay cut to £400,000 on the Beebs list of top earners. The salary list revealed Gary Lineker remains the corporation's highest paid star, taking home £1.35 million a year for his role presenting the corporation's match of the day, uh, coverage of the World Cup and Sports Personality of the Year. He was the only person to earn more than a million pounds last year, followed by Radio 2 breakfast show host Zoe Ball, who earned £980,000, and his match of the day co-star Alan Shearer, who earned £445,000. So, um, I mean, in the light of what's happened, it just seemed rather strange that I was more thinking about just how overpaid these people were. So, of course, now that we get uh, the revelations about what's been going on, I think uh, my immediate thoughts about the preposterous money that these people are paid um, seems to bear even more fruit. So the irony of it, the irony of it all, but uh, the the wages and elevating newsreaders and uh, people who sit down and just talk about football to stars uh, seems a bit strange at times, doesn't it? It does. I mean, don't forget the, the news presenters, the news readers that we welcome into our home. They're, they're trusted individuals, and you. We, we trust them to to bring us uh, the news, hopefully uh, clean news that uh, has not been twisted anyway, which unfortunately we know isn't the case. Um, but we, we hope we choose whichever news station we watch. Or in my case, I watch three or four. And somewhere between the three or four stations, I'll find the truth. But, yeah, I, I do the uh, same. We, we do welcome into our homes and we, and we expect um, them to, to be of a decent standard. When uh, the news sort of broke the other night, I have to say I was desperately disappointed because 
Um, I didn't really suspect for a minute it would be a news broadcaster. I did have my own sort of suspicions who I thought it might have been. And mentally, I've apologised to that particular individual, but I'm not going to tell you who it was because I don't think we should really speculate on these things. Um, But I was disappointed because I did think that he did seem to be somebody who had an enormous amount of composure and seemed to exude uh, a confident way of putting the news across. So I was disappointed. Did you feel the same? Oh, I agree. I'd have lost a fortune down the bookies if I'd have put a bet on, that's for sure. I was convinced uh, there was at least one or two others I was, uh, I'd have put in the frame before before I put Hugh Edwards in. <clears throat> um, then I was at the, the time I was thinking this is another Cliff Richard moment where Somebody's trying to bubble, uh, get, uh, bubble somebody in or uh, create, create a diversion or create a, a false account, as Andrew with, with Cliff Richard. Remember when yes, I do. conveniently the, the BBC had cameras in a helicopter above Cliff Richard's uh, apartment as the police were arriving? Yes. Very, very convenient. And well, Leon Gunton was involved in the same thing. Yeah, de- I def- thought it was going to be something like that, but uh, of course it wasn't. Well, I mean, that was all very contrived. And uh, going back to Hugh, Ed- Hugh Edwards. OK, so hang on. Uh, it is one of these things. OK, so uh, I'll go to my next story, which is this one. Okay, reminding our uh, listeners that, of course, we're looking at news that is in the UK and in Spain. And this one is about a prolific robber. And this prolific robber is allegedly suing the police after he suffered a broken leg and dog bite when officers deliberately knocked him off a stolen motorbike as he tried to flee. He's 24. And his accomplice... um, and he were riding around Orchard Park on a Benelli 125 bike that had been stolen from a car park in Hull. This is all in East Yorkshire on the uh, northern eastern coast of uh, England when he was tackled by two police dogs. He's a wannabe rapper. I'm reading this rather than <coughs> me knowing it. Uh, suffered injuries that included a significant bite to his abdomen and others to his upper arms and legs. He needed stitches, suffered an open wound that needed regular dressing and would need muscle reconstruction and a skin graft. Uh, This is according to the court. Uh, He admitted attempted robbery and aggravated vehicle taking on June the 5th and then also admitted driving while disqualified, uh, admitting another separate offence of burglary on April the 14th. Now, uh, to uh, say that he is allegedly means, of course, that we don't know for sure whether this went ahead. Uh, But we have seen similar cases of this um, where people are now almost being actively encouraged. My guess would be possibly by rather unscrupulous lawyers who want to make money. Um, But I mean, really, it doesn't really sit well with me, the fact that somebody who you know has committed crime can then sue the police um, because basically, um, you, you know, they've, they've uh, obviously had to set the dogs on them to actually get them to stop whatever they were doing or not let them get away. There is that's what dogs. That's what police dogs are for, is it not? <laughs> They're not there to be stroked or to be petted or to give them a bone. Yeah. They're there to uh, apprehend a criminal. And sounds like the dog did his job very, very well indeed. Um, so obviously, yeah, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there, Vince. I think people realise how it really is good business now to uh, sue the police or sue anybody else they can think of um, um, against action that's been taken against them by the police force in the line of their duty, shall we say. Um, but it's... Uh, isn't it sad that the whole of... Uh, there's a load of crap on, 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 on the internet now where people are staging um, misdemeanours, are staging crimes for that matter, and and getting and making money out of it. I mean, there was there was there was a guy, and there was another one was a girl that was going into people's houses and roughing the houses up, and making a mess, and or chucking a drink over somebody in public, and making sure somebody was was following with with a camera all the time. 
and sticking it stick it on the internet as entertainment. Um, uh, these people need treading on very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Not the usual mamby-pamby crap that we find in our courts where the courts once again bow down to the lowest common denominator. This poor soul that's uh, been bitten by a police dog because he's, he only stole a, a motorbike that was probably scrimped and saved and, uh, and earned um, by a hard-working guy or lady. Uh, for them just have it to steal it and do what they want with it? No, not a chance. It's it, it's just another example, as far as I'm concerned, Vince, of, of, of broken society mm. in the UK and, and sadly in other countries as well. I think also by looking at the way that certain parts of the judiciary are working with these sort of things, it would almost appear to me that uh, this is a, another part of a contrived idea to diminish uh, the law and order that we've used, we're used to. Um, yeah. uh, to be able to lighten the load, I will tell you something that uh, did tickle me the other day because there's a program that you've probably seen called Interceptors, which I quite like yeah. watching because I like to see professional people doing a professional job. And uh, these police drivers are certainly very professional. They're ultra professional in the way that they talk to these people. I mean, I don't think I could hold my temper, but I mean, some of these guys are wonderful. And uh, they were chasing this hoodlum uh, who uh, eventually they managed to stop. And they sat him in the back of the police car. And this uh, hoodlum then starts calling the police officer Spike. And of course, he, he, the police officer turns and said, how do you know my name? So he says, oh, well, I, I watch you on, uh, on Interceptors on Channel 5. So, of course, he's <laughs> acting like as he's his best buddy and he's got this star in front of him. <coughs> well, anyway, I got with the next one and uh, it's again, it's a, a sort of, it is a bit of a dipstick of what we're seeing because uh, this is the shocking moment. A man decided to push a woman off her mobility scooter. Uh, during a heated argument. The footage was captured by a member of the public after an altercation broke out between the pair on the high street in Hawley in Surrey. Um, an argument broke out after the woman on the scooter appears to have taken issue with the fact the Mercedes driver has driven his car onto what appears to be a mainly pedestrianised area of the town centre. OK, if this were true, and obviously I'm only reading from this particular article what we saw, although there was a video that went with it, if the Mercedes had been on an area which is supposed to be pedestrianised, then the mobility scooter would legitimately be there, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I saw the, the, the one that you're talking about. It was definitely the same sort of thing. There was a guy, it was a Mercedes, a very nice Mercedes. Um, or I just caught the end of it. I, I, I didn't realise he was actually in a pedestrianised area. It seemed to me that he was at some traffic lights. Yeah, that's and what that's my initial this, thought. Yeah, this this person in a in a mobility on a mobility scooter, I couldn't work out if it was male or female to be honest with you. Um, was obviously taken umbrage of the fact this bloke was in. I couldn't work out what the problem was, but um, they sort of drove into the into the side of the car, bashed on the back of the car, scratched the other side of the car. At which point, I thought the bloke's very patient. He got out of his car and pushed the mobility scooter to the side on the pavement and, and, tipped, her, and tipped him or her off. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think I, I might have been very tempted to do the same. Because this person seemed to be doing, why he or she was, was attacking this guy in the car, I have no idea. No let, let's set up a scenario then just for the sake of the podcast yeah. if it's an area which is and i have seen these sort of things where you know a big car comes onto somewhere which ostensibly is not supposed to be designated for vehicles um mm. it, it does make for a very interesting uh, legal case because if uh, the car should not be there then I think my um, my sympathies would probably be more with the mobility scooter, although I'm not a fan of the mobility scooter and the way it's driven on the pavement, uh, if you get my drift. Yeah. So well, whatever, whatever, whatever the car, whether the car should have been there or not, 
there was he wasn't certainly blocking the road. There was ample room for this person. There was no other car around it. It appeared to me he was at some traffic light. I didn't realise he was actually stationed on a pedestrian-only area, but it was certainly traffic lights he was stopped at. And and this person just decided she wanted to... He or she, I'll say she, looks like a she. She decided she wanted to cross where the car was parked, and she was gesticulating and bashing her scooter into it, and eventually rode around the back of his car and bashed the back of his car, then rode around the other side and clattered the side of his car, which probably causing about six, seven hundred quid's worth of damage. Mm. You know, at which point the guy got out of his car, pushed her to one side, and pushed her over onto the floor. Yeah. I thought, yeah, and he's not right doing doing that. But I had to admit at the time, I thought, well, fair enough. I mean, I'd have been very upset if uh, if somebody had done that to my car. I mean, what would what do you do? Well, what you suppose you go apprehend them? Yeah. Um, well, call the copper and waste all the time that's going to take for what? So yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah, I, I saw. I mean, I don't really want to watch these TikTok things, but be, because they do take your time up. But there was a lady in a car, and just as she was about to try and get out of the car, uh, another big car came alongside and made it impossible for her to get out. Now, the only way she could have got out is, of course, is to slide across the front seat and come out through the other door, which was available to her. But this lady really did have a bee in her bonnet about the fact that this person had made it so difficult for her to get out of the car. So she was, you know, sort of knocking on the window and the guy, uh, I'm presuming it was a guy because eventually I think we did see the the driver, uh, didn't really respond. And then she managed to sort of struggle to get out. Uh, And then because he wouldn't respond to her, she went and got paint and all sorts and made a right mess of his car um and i was torn between who did my sympathies lie with i mean immediately this car drew up uh, if she was going to leave there really was no problem if on the other hand she couldn't get out of the car because of this driver's total uh, ineptness in seeing that she was somebody that would would need a bit more space to get out of the car and she wasn't a huge woman um but i mean really it's the inconsiderate parking angle but then it got to a stage of it went too far you know which made me think that probably this was going to be something that's staged for internet exactly yeah. i saw exactly the same thing again okay and the point where she goes to a car and comes out with some paint or whatever it was i thought that's staged yes yeah because that... you always got to think who's actually photographing this yeah and, and how and why and how and why would you if, if there's anyway so it just it just set stage so click that went off yeah. so what i'm getting at vince um right referring right back to one of the original points is that people are staging events that aren't for real yeah. so the police are going to have a problem as what is for real and what isn't for real you know and if people are stealing mopeds they should have you know the full force of the law's got to come down on them somewhere and if it means they're going to get stopped and the dog's going to get over go with them it's going to happen well, well, they're doing it and their mates are photographing it because they don't mind getting bitten by a dog because they're going to make money out of this. That's what's happening. Yeah. It's it's reality, substi- substitu- their form of reality, substituting truth. And it's 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 wrong, wrong, wrong again. It's it's We're not, we've all got the internet and unfortunately it's been used for the wrong reasons in many, in, in many areas, yeah. many areas. And I think it's got to be controlled and stopped. But, I mean, should, should have been looked at years ago but anyway i've got the next one ready so uh let's see we'll go with this one okay so we're looking at um this was a piece that i uh did cut a lot of it because it's uh, basically worth reading chinese spies are targeting the uk Uh, prolifically and aggressively with Beijing managing to penetrate every sector of the economy. Now, this is a watchdog warning. So this is why I really started to think a bit more about this one. The alarming picture was revealed in a long-awaited report by Parliament's intelligence watchdog. It raises concerns about Chinese influence in the UK universities and the country's intention to become a permanent and significant player in the civil nuclear energy industry. 
So it's all chaired by the Conservative MP, Sir Julian Lewis. The nine-member committee scrutinised the work of the UK's intelligence agencies, including MI5, MI6, GCHQ, etc. Its reports are approved by the Prime Minister before release. And Sir Julian has said China's state intelligence apparatus, almost certainly the largest in the world, with hundreds of thousands of civil intelligence officers leaving aside their military capability, uh, it targets the UK and its interests prolifically and aggressively and presents a challenge for our agencies to cover. Uh, China's human intelligence collection is prolific and it has a highly capable and increasingly sophisticated cyber espionage uh, operation. Uh, The report went on to say much of the impact which China has on the UK's national security is overt through its economic might, its takeovers and mergers and its interaction with the academia and industry. China's size, ambition and capability have uh, enabled it to successfully penetrate every sector of the UK's economy. It also found Beijing had worked hard on disinformation over the Covid pandemic and greatly exaggerated its work to counter the virus and develop vaccines and has sown seeds of doubt about the origins of the virus to make the world believe that China was not at fault. The ISC noted how it had previously warned about Russian oligarchs becoming so embedded in society that too many politicians cannot even take a decision on an investment uh, because they have taken money from those concerned. They questioned whether a similar uh, situation might be arising in relation to China. This was in comparison, obviously, with Russia. The report pointed to ex-Prime Minister David Cameron's involvement in the UK-China fund, ex-Cabinet Minister Sir Danny Alexander's role with the Beijing-based Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, and ex-Deputy PM Lord Heseltine's role with the 48 Group Club. Um, Right. I've warned about my feelings of China and international communism for too long. And I think when I see this sort of thing now in print, uh, it tells me that I was right to sort of prick my ears up and see really what I felt was going on. I think I did tell you last week, if I didn't, I'll repeat. I saw a programme produced by black academics and others um, called Uncle Tom. Uh, It's worth seeing. Um, And uh, I I think also the term uh, cultural Marxism, uh, which has been bandied about a bit. um, uh, Let me explain. I also uh, put that through the artificial intelligence chatbot this week just to see what would happen. I I had my suspicions what would happen and it turned out to be pretty right. Uh, They were telling me that it's all conspiracy theorists and all this sort of thing. Blatantly, it isn't. And patently, the chatbots have got their answers ready, although I'm astonished at the speed that they can give you an answer. Terry, if you haven't seen any of it, I advise you to go to it. Give it a question, which is like, um, you know, something that you would want a sensible answer. And I think you'll be amazed at how quickly it comes back to you. I have, yeah. A friend of mine showed me the other day. Uh, he, he uses it. It's frightening. Uh, and he showed me. He did a, did a, well, exactly what you just said. He did an example. He posed the question. And immediately, uh, this hell of a long answer arrived. Um, he then could ask for three other answers, which it would give immediately. He then could ask for an answer that wouldn't sound like it had come from a, a chatbot, that it had come from a real person. So you get another one. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, where is this going? Um, he uses it professionally because uh, it saves him a lot of time. But where is it all going to end up, Vince? What's, what, what the hell? What are we doing to ourselves? Well, we've, ru- it, we've ruined it. We've ruined academia because, you know, uh, as somebody that's taught in the colleges, I could not now give an assignment to students because I know they can do it within two minutes of me giving the assignment. They would give me a, a really good answer. Well, they oh. could do it while they're in the class, couldn't they? They could be sitting in the class and uh, and, and, send, uh, and create an answer. So there's no point There's no point sitting exams anymore, is there? No. There's no point doing a thesis anymore. Well, I mean, that's been going on for years. Yeah. 
kids kids uh, copying copying theses and uh, uh, and other work to to put through as their own. Yeah. Um, so how how do you how do you decide whether to give somebody a, a, a good exam mark or a degree or not? Well, it has to be by 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 um, by t- testing them throughout the year, and well, as much making a note of them throughout the year of how they're responding in in class and how they are not waiting to the end of the year that they give you a piece of their work because obviously it's not going to be a piece of their work, is it? Well, I think some um, some of the teaching profession, um, they deserve this because, quite frankly, a, a lot of them are very lazy. Um, you know, they might turn up and be uh, there at nine o'clock and sort of whatever the time might be, they'll be present. But that's not the same as giving uh, a lot more thought to your subject and trying to test your students and try and challenge them, uh, which I didn't see a lot of in many of the times that I've been doing work in the colleges and the schools. I feel that some of this uh, is uh, the fault of the the teaching profession. I'm not obviously not saying everybody because there's wonderful teachers everywhere. But I will say, having seen the Uncle Tom, and I looked at part one as well as part two uh, just to make sure I'd got everything that I needed to see, and then asked the chat bot. Um, I asked about the uh, the personalities that that came out very very strongly. Um, um, Booker T. Washington on the good side for me and uh, Dubois on the the dodgy side. And of course, it's totally inverted. But that's what cultural Marxism is all about, making the good appear bad and making the bad appear good. So, um, Well, we're living in the world then, Vince, that we now have no idea what the truth actually is. I started this today talking about, I watched a number of different uh, news programs on a daily basis to to get try and get a glimmer of actually what is the news what is the truth behind the news because you will quite often see a different slant or a different angle on a news item which can only be one way or the other yeah um but i, I do do that but, but i guess most people don't they'll follow their favorite news channel because it it pushes along their their political beliefs or they quite like the presenter um, maybe they've got a photograph of the presenter in his underpants. Um, it's 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 curious that, uh, that this should happen. But it is very curious. And it's more than curious, Vince. It's bloody worrying well, it, uh, what's going on. It is because uh, based around what we've known, I picked up that uh, story about the money about a week ago. So before any of this started, and totally coincidental to the fact that it was Hugh Edwards. And if you're going to discredit somebody that you had wanted not to be discredited, uh, then he would have been somebody that you you and I probably would have both preferred not to have been party to this. Um, I think that the the problem really is now that uh, unless you see something with your own eyes, or you know somebody who can relate to you what they have seen with their own eyes. We're now getting to the stage of going backwards. Uh, I mean, when I look at uh, the the news that you and I are going to discuss, uh, I look at it because I find something dodgy in the way it's been presented. I look at the syntax. I look at the way that it's been written. I look at um, some of the things which I know that I think you will feel strongly about and I might not, or vice versa. So I look for healthy discussion. This is, in some respect, um, it's legitimising what we do with the podcast because, above all, um, you and I and the other people I work with, we are honest with each other. If we disagree we will disagree and if we don't you know if we don't see something in the way that it's been presented I think it's healthy that we move this way and in fact if it's okay with you Terry I'll move to the next one because I think this this will probably be certainly something that will be in the realms of that sort of an area so let me let me set it up here it comes
Okay, and sometimes I'll be reading an article and I'm thinking I'm got, I've only got enough information here for a quick comment and otherwise something a bit deeper like this one. Last weekend, something shocking took place that has received very little coverage in the national press and almost none by mainstream broadcasters, including the BBC. Having said that, I've seen something today, which is about three days later. So maybe this is, you know, locking the horse now that, uh, locking the stable door now that some of the horses have bolted. This is about a trans activist, um, Sarah and uh, Sarah Jane Baker, told a cheering crowd at a march in London. If you see a turf, T-E-R-F, not a term that I'd been familiar with, uh, punch them in the effing face. Uh, then it went on to explain, a turf is an adv- advocate of radical feminism who disputes the claims of the trans lobby about gender identity. As Sarah Jane Baker's exhortation to violence against women didn't only go down well with attendees on the trans plus Pride March, the organisers of the event defended her, saying she holds a lot of anger, which she has had the right to express. Uh, Through their words, um, now, the source of her anger isn't clear. What is known is that she was released from prison three years ago after serving 30 years for kidnap and attempted murder for trying to kill another prisoner while incarcerated, previously called Alan, Uh, She transitioned in recent years. I'd guess that almost everyone who read what she said to the crowd will have been appalled. Yet what is bewildering and depressing is that so far as I'm aware, no leading politician has unequivocally condemned her words. Now, um, then there was a lot of stuff in the middle and I had to then look at this to see whether this makes anything a bit more worthy of our discussion. This is how a spokesman for the Labour M- Mayor of London, Sadie Khan, responded when asked whether Mr Khan uh, approved of Sarah Jane Baker's incitement to violence. The Mayor is a proud LGBTQ plus ally and has been clear in his support for the trans community. He's also cleared that violence is never acceptable. Not exactly a wholehearted denunciation. Pretty Weasley, in fact, says the author of this particular article. In fact, Labour MP Clive Lewis, who once stood for the leadership of his party, was also bland. He tweeted, Advocating violence against others is wrong and there is no exception. But as you'll be aware, violent language and actions are not unique to one side on this issue. Is that so? Not according to Alice Sullivan, a professor of sociology at University College London, who replied to Mr Lewis, male violence against women and girls is not a both sides issue. There are simply no examples of feminists issuing these kinds of violent threats. I believe her in the wilder reaches of the Labour Party. Uh, Sarah Jane Barker, uh, Baker, sorry, has previously received some support. Earlier this year, three Labour MPs claimed they didn't know who she was and didn't hear or endorse her arguments. Uh, My purpose here is not so much to criticise Labour as to draw attention to the shameful silence of Tory politicians. In relation both to this particular outburst and other trans controversies, we are in the midst of a culture war and the Conservative Party has not launched so much as a plastic battleship. Government ministers say little or nothing on the issue because they're suffering from a prolonged bout of moral timidity. I'm surprised, though, that they can't grasp the political advantages of clearly marking out some territory in the culture wars. Let's be realistic. The Tories won't be able to fight the election next year on the basis of a strong economy. Far from it. Taxes are at a peacetime high. Inflation is far from being tamed. And many families are in dire financial straits. Even if the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, finds a little scope for tax cuts, they'll come too late in the day to have any uh, discernible influence. If the election is fought on the economy, the Tories will lose. Now, so uh, I think the thrust of what the author of this argument is saying, um, that if that's the case, uh, they may as well take some sort of a lead on the moral high ground, which it looks at the moment as if nobody's prepared to do. Um, Right. Is it one that you've seen, heard or noted? No, but the conversation you just had has moved from some vile individual making uh, outrageous um, 
statements to to a political argument about who's who's going to vote for who. Um, basically, I'm a firm believer that what happens in politics is mostly corrupt. Uh, we don't deserve any of it. We do because we voted these people in. But it doesn't matter who you vote in. I do believe that most of them are corrupt. Um, but naturally, we've seen one or two come to the fore recently that made the headlines, and and and, and we'll keep and that will keep happening. And we've had someone's made the headlines this week who's a, a well-known presenter of a news program who's made the headlines for the wrong reasons in a manner which we would have never anticipated. But that is life, uh, and that's what happens. And there are, sadly, the whole world seems to have gone on its head that there's that much crap out there. It's very hard wading through the crap to try and find a nugget of real truth anywhere. It really is. I'm, I'm, I'm almost turning religious since. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, I've, Terry, you've got to look somewhere to find a solution. Terry, you know I've been a bit this way for quite a while, and mm. I feel that I'm finding even less um, authenticity from some of the churches because I feel that there's oh, no yes. there's no moral leadership anymore, is there? No, no, in, in, in anywhere, in any form, and it's 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 all it's all about. It's all about getting a listenership. It's all about getting a vote. And that they will press any button. I mean, before the next election, the Labour Party will, will bring out that there'll be free beer for everybody, free fags for everybody, uh, no TV licences, that'll all be scrapped, everybody will have free Sky TV. They'll bring out any any claim that, 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 that any person could possibly latch onto as a reason to vote for them. Uh, just knowing full well, it doesn't matter what you say in your election campaign. Um, if you should win, that's it. Winner takes all. You can change absolutely everything. You know, forget about numbers on the side of a bus. You can do absolutely what you want in this world if you have the power. How you get the power, Vince? The gloves are off completely and utterly throughout the world, and it's not a pretty place. Terry, I've got to quickly point out to our listener that when Terry talked about free fags, uh, the old-fashioned expression uh, was not quite the same as cigarettes, so <laughs> I thought I'd better point that one out. Terry, did I, did I give you the information that, that I had spoken to a 17-year-old about a sex education in the Spanish schools? Did I tell you about that outcome? No. Okay. Th this is uh, this is first-hand knowledge. Nothing to do with second-hand. I can tell you this is actually. Just be careful. We talk about seventeen-year-olds and sex things. That's yeah, well, yeah, but there's been presenters lose their jobs over this. Okay. M my question put to somebody, in fact, is sixteen going on for seventeen, um, was basically, can you tell me a little bit about how your sex education is run in your classroom? I was in a. I was able to do this, by the way. Uh, it wasn't somebody I didn't know. Um, so um, this apparently is what they are now explaining to 16-year-olds. Uh, the teacher, who just happens to be trans, uh, turned up as a lady one day and maybe a man the other day. Uh, but he turns in with a banana. He has some Vaseline shows them how to put the Vaseline on the banana and then explains where it's supposed to go. This is to boys, by the way. Fortunately, this young man was able to say to me, that is not explaining what it's about. It's promoting the activity. That was his words to me. And I felt very proud of the fact that he had such a strong opinion which had been thought through because I was disgusted with that. Terry, does that... How has this educational teacher got his position and arrived at school and committed such a disgusting act without being locked up? Well, or probably, or probably beaten up by the parents of his of his of the pupils. It's part and parcel of what I was saying about how I feel that some of this is now down to the teachers. Teaching and teaching unions are not able to stop any of this nonsense. Um, and in fact, I'll quickly tell you something else that I've picked up. I'll put this in at the same time. It was uh, this. Schools are being taken over by organisations teaching controversial anti-racism theories. 
at another report. Uh, warning, in some classrooms, pupils are taking part in tests to check their unconscious bias, according to campaign group Don't Divide Us. In the online surveys, children are asked if they understand the term white privilege and what they would do if a teacher mispronounces the name of a Middle Eastern student. Staff are then given advice by external provider Fleur on how they can make their school more inclusive, such as by introducing a restorative justice approach for those involved in telling offensive jokes or microaggressions. Flair is one of dozens of third-party organisations providing staff training or lesson content based on contentious critical race theory which teaches the concept of white privilege and brands Britain structurally racist well <laughs> I think Britain's been made racist it didn't want to be racist but I think it's been made racist um, the people just don't know where to turn this they don't they really just don't know where to turn anymore it's totally people have just been totally brainwashed and confused by so much crap being being put out in society, and there's another one of them. Yeah. You know, for instance, if somebody mis mispronounces somebody somebody's Muslim name, I don't give you mispronounced. There's, there's enough Scottish and Irish and Welsh names that I can't pronounce properly. That doesn't mean I've got to be hung, drawn, and quartered because how dare I mispronounce the name? Um, it's it's completely and utterly utter hogwash, and it, it, it's bananas that the whole world appears to be rubber stamping this these this mad mantra that seems to be coming out of, of mouths of, of absolute idiots and taking it as as gospel i don't as, know if you as, remember uh, it's unbelievable i don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago and i suggested that they need to look at teacher training a little bit more closely um because i think the problem would seemingly be that if you're teaching teachers how to teach this nonsense um then obviously uh, one way that they're doing it is by um inviting third party don't forget we we don't seem to hear of any constraints on schools budgets for this by the way uh, it's another one which mm. i'm looking for but i've not found anything uh, but i mean if they're encouraging third parties to come in because maybe the teachers are saying well we don't want to get involved in this remembering by the way that when i came away from being a member of staff in the year 2000 i could see this type of thing developing and that's one of the reasons why i was quite happy to go to first of all supply teaching and then after that not to bother doing any more at all um, because basically it's really it's the teaching of the teachers that i think you'll find probably some of this um or some of these answers and certainly when i spoke with um, uh, Matt King this week. Matt's uh, also come from a teacher training college like I have. Um, you, you know, we, we we were both talking about some of the astonishing things that um, b which are happening. And obviously, uh, it's emanating from London, uh, but it seems to have got a pretty strong hold everywhere else. And just again, while we're in this mode, I have to say, I would have thought in the past all of this would be very old left-wing sort of territory. In actual Ooh. fact, I did read that the original stuff that uh, made England become multicultural was from the years that Margaret Thatcher politically got into bed with Ronald Reagan and they were doing the, th the sort of things that, um, you know, were coming in from California, uh, which, again, of course, Tony Blair with uh, stars in his eyes probably followed Margaret Thatcher. And uh, here we are. We, we've really followed two absolutely um, wonderful periods of time to realise where we are now. It's just, I don't know where do we go next. I wouldn't know where to start if it was me. What, what about you? Well, you've got to, you, what we have to do, Vince, is to start going backwards very quietly and find out where we went wrong. Where did this crap arise from? And more to the point, at what point did the world consider that the tail wags the dog, that the minorities rule, rule the majority, when in everything else in life, the majority rules the minority, as in all governments do? Uh, but now, any minority organisation gets all the publicity. If you don't, you've only got to go out on, and break a few windows and 
disturb a tennis court or a cricket match or a football match. You'll soon get all the publicity you want. Very loads and loads and loads of it for nothing. It'll cost you millions of pounds to get it. And all of a sudden you're getting this free publicity. And all of a sudden people are afraid to criticise these actions in case they were to be looked upon as being a bit strange as you can't criticise that. It's only free speech. You should allow these people. No, they're messing up my life. I don't want you in my life. You're messing up my life. You should be removed from my life into a, a dark, dungy prison. Okay, there's two and answers have come. Needs to, needs to be stopped. Two answers have come to my mind from what you've said. Um, you always refer to follow the money. So if mm. in the case of say the LGBTQ thing, uh, follow the money. I was reading an article recently about how well funded that particular organisation is. It's always been around, but now it's got to get. It's now it's got its act together in the funding. So I think that shows me really why they've got to this sort of uh, extent that they've got to. Um, I'll go to the next one because basically we still have quite a few things to try and get through. So uh, here comes our next one then. So here we go. Okay, before we got into all this horrible stuff, um, if we'd have mentioned Straddy Park... Uh, probably both you and I would have thought of Clanechley and Phil Bennett uh, and Gareth William, Gareth Edwards and, you know, some of the wonderful games of rugby. But this is the four-star Straddy Park Hotel in Clanechley and allegedly sacked its staff after gaining the Home Office contract. Um, uh, so that was the first time I picked up that story. But then this came along. Uh, it's been surrounded by protesters for days police met with the protesters to ask them to give the guards all ex-military safe passage away from the hotel they agreed and the security workers left peacefully as the mob chanted cheerio meanwhile uh, demonstrators have won a second victory after the local council ordered builders to halt the construction of a new entrance to the hotel as it investigates a potential breach of planning rules so it would appear that from what you said a minute ago to that particular article, one way would be for people who are probably in the past wouldn't have bothered demonstrating, probably to start doing a bit of what these other people have been doing and give them a taste of their own medicine. Absolutely, Vince. That's exactly what's going to be done. Because if you don't do it, it's another five-letter word, very favourite of mine, called apathy. Yeah. And the sheep of the world will just follow their next sheep and moan about it and moan about it. It's I'm I'm very proud of the people of Clinically have got off their backsides and actually done something about it and said, No, not in my backyard. I'm yeah. not having this. We're not having it. Get rid of it, stop it now. And that and that should be that should hopefully hopefully I haven't seen it yet. Hopefully that gets plenty of uh, press coverage on the news, etc. Uh, well I only heard a bit of something on the on the radio, I didn't I haven't seen anything yet. But hopefully that gets some press coverage. I hope they give it plenty of press coverage that may well just about just start generating the majority to realise that you are the majority and you have a right to run this world, not the minority. So get off your backsides, people. Follow the people of Clan Eckley. I hope I've pronounced it properly. And do the right thing. Well, I mean, if, you, uh, if somebody did motivate heterosexual people to have a proper pride march and use the word pride in the sense that it should be used um, because unfortunately like gay the word's been hij- hijacked and uh, certainly if you look at um, you know well, it's so- illegal to have a heterosexual parade isn't it well how can it be if you've got the well, other one it, I'm, I'm think you'll find it is in the UK you try and hold a heterosexual parade like 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 the gay pride parades whatever you try and hold a heterosexual parade in any any city in the UK, I think you'll find it's, it's uh, it is not allowed. You will not you will not be allowed to do it. It'll be it'll be, it'll be called sexism, Vince. Why? Mm. I don't know. You tell me. Interesting but that, isn't it? The minority will, will stop you. Okay, let's play the, let's play the jingle and then we'll go to the next one. Here we go. You're listening to Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. All the news from Spain and the UK. Things you might have missed. <laughs> 
Okay, you might have missed this one. The American entrepreneur who funded Just Stop Oil has slammed their activism as performative and claimed the group is alienating those it could be winning over. This is a fellow called Trevor Nielsen, co-founded the Climate Emergency Fund, a group that bankrolled Extinction Rebellion and JSO, but has since resigned this position and described their methods as unproductive. He's 50 and I think I had mentioned in the past he's from California, he's a businessman, stepped down in 2021 but has since decided to speak out to criticise the group's protest tactics which included the slow marches, blocking roads, major events, disrupting of course the likes of the uh, Rugby uh, Cup final at Twickenham, the Epsom Derby and Wimbledon and all the other things. So it's interesting to see um, what he had to say about this. If at the same time they have a pink hair tattooed and pierced protester standing in front of their car so that their kid is late for their test that day. That does not encourage them to join the movement. Uh, He said this, by the way, to the Times, so it's not exactly the worst source. It's just Mm. performative. It's not accomplishing anything. I absolutely believe that it has now become counterproductive, and I just feel that has to be said by somebody that was involved in in the beginnings of what it has become. So um, he started um, funding after wildfires uh, tore through the neighbourhood where he lived in Malibu in 2018. Uh, He admitted that at the time his work in sustainability had been done from a safe distance from the real world impacts of climate change, but that the experience of his home being under threat was a wake-up call. So... I think, like a a lot of things, you see, I think some of these people, probably even some of these protesters, they probably start off as being relatively reasonable people who basically are now being used. And uh, they, I mean, these uh, Chinese people are so clever, you wouldn't realise that you're being really used. I think this is how clever they are. How clever they all are! It's 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 people use it's, it's so easy to use people nowadays. It's a, the famous of this world, what they call them, the influencers, and that they get, get all the yeah making their money on whatever it is they're on on the on the different uh, social media sites, um, making millions. Some of these people influencers, and that that's a very dangerous word, isn't it? Influencers. There's one thing talking about your makeup and uh, all the bits and pieces, but that's very dangerous because once you get a following. That then can be hijacked very, very, very quickly and very, very easily. That influencer could be influenced themselves by some sort of political or religious organisation to very slowly and very subtly introduce their followers to uh, a form of religion, a form of politics, a form of antisocial behaviour, whatever. They are, it's dangerous. It is an extremely, extremely dangerous world that we live in. Wars really... Uh, wars raging now throughout the world as usual. I mean, Ukraine being the one that's in the news, Sudan, etc. Yeah. But wars are being ra- are being waged across the airways now, without firing a shot. Without firing a shot, you can destroy society. Without firing a shot, you can get a country to turn in on itself. Just look at the United States, and just look what's happening in the UK now, and look what's happening in Spain now. That's starting to happen. It's all very slowly starting to happen. Yeah. That it's it's almost like civil war. Now, America, the United States, must be a spit away from a civil war because they are. You're either a Republican or a Democrat. There's no there's no other in between. And they are as chalk and cheese. They are black and white. They are completely different. Yet, lo and behold, once they get in power, there's not a lot of difference. As with most politicians, why? Because they lie through their teeth to get your votes, get you to vote for them on the belief that they're going to make your life a lot better, which invariably does not happen, as we all know. We're all mugs for this. Um, but it's it's so easy now to... to, to the, the, I like to talk about China, a big country like China, who, who truthfully must be absolutely laughing their socks off because there's been, over the years, been the odd skirmish on the Russian-Chinese border. And we've all thought about the Russian military as being super powerful. Well, I don't see anything super powerful about what's been going on in the Ukraine and the, the, the management of the, the armies and the generals, etc. 
who are completely past their sell-by date. China must be rubbing their hands thinking, this is so easy, we can just walk into Russia and take it over. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did, to be honest with you. Yeah. It would not surprise me at all. Um, because Russia does nothing but, but like, make fools themselves on the world stage. Again, power, power. How much power does that bloke Putin want? Is he's, he's president? No, of course he can't be president. Next, next, next time, what happens? He becomes prime minister again. Yeah. He changed from prime minister to president, from president to prime minister, and he's always in power. He won't be president next time because his his standing will be, and he'll be there as prime minister. But he'll be wagging the wagging the tail as usual. It's 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 the world is being run by a handful of corrupt people with the power. And we are so blind to it, Vince. We are so blind and apathetic. Well, I don't think we are, Terry. I mean, to be fair, we, we've talked about this for a long time. Oh, no, uh, I'm, I'm saying we in, in, in the general consensus of, of, of yeah. chat. Um, if we were having this chat down the pub now, there would be two or three others joining in who are very against what I'm saying or what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but healthy discussion generates thought and, and people might think, well, okay, that's not a bad way of doing things. It's, it's awful to be brainwashed into one way of thinking for the whole of your life um, and, 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 and never to contemplate any other, any other format of thinking which has been drummed into people through religion. Drummed into well, people well, through well, I wouldn't say autocratic just... uh, uh, political states. Yeah, but I would also say a line in that to what we were, were saying about the artificial intelligence. That is exactly how you get rid of a proper discussion. You just have one answer coming out of the chatbots. And all these people who think they're educated just read that and say, right, that's it. Uh, Terry, just to finish off with, uh, I've got okay. something that I think is worthy of note, which is about the PR cover for letting the Russian players onto the Wimbledon arena is an insult to our intelligence. I'm reading this, obviously. We're being asked to accept that these players are legitimate because they've signed a declaration agreement that they don't represent Russia or Belarus and won't accept money from them. Um, Veronika Kudamatova, the Russian women's number 12 seed is sponsored by Tatneft, a Russian fossil, fossil fuel company which has been accused of directly funding the Russian war effort by supplying Russian forces with uh, fuel and tyres and a subsidiary management company uh, has been sanctioned by the European Union. As Kudamatova laughs in the face of sport, we somehow uh, all find ourselves complicit in tennis's deceit, bending over backwards to ensure we don't uh, we can afford appropriate respect to Russian players whose success is allowing Putin's fascist, fascist state apparatus to maintain a cloak of legitimacy. It seems inappropriate, for example, to ask a mere girl, um, someone as young as Russia's Mira Andreeva, the ultra-confident 16-year-old girl, uh, but uh, whether she stood with Ukrainians as she journeyed to the women's singles fourth round, to ask why she follows the Russian singer Grigoli Leps on an active uh, or is an active Putin supporter on Twitter to ask her why she has liked a post in which Leps congratulated Putin on his birthday and similarly validated a comic video by another Putin enthusiast um, mocking Vladimir Zelensky after Andreeva had beaten Anastasia Potapova a Spartak Moscow supporting Russian she would not even acknowledge that Wimbledon supporters had welcome Russians like her. I don't feel anything. I'm just playing tennis and that's it, she said to that question at her press conference. So uh, I'm enjoying the tennis. I feel that uh, we're being a kidded again with the politics, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. you should never be politics in sport, but it, no. it happens. Uh, the Russians get banned from the Olympics. Uh, um, the other countries get banned from the Olympics. North Korea gets banned. Uh, it's it's there's no hope in the world if 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 sports gets dragged into politics you can't do that that cannot be done you've got to keep it out and 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 let people play sport now it's I don't know how it went today but there was a possibility that the ladies could have a final where <coughs> where a Belarusian tennis player could be playing against a Ukrainian tennis player I don't know how the games played out I haven't seen no me neither seen the results but that could have been a possibility and the talk on the radio this morning that I picked up was 
you know, the, 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 the BBC and Wimbledon are going to have to uh, be very careful about this. Careful about what? It's, it's a game of tennis. But, see, but the, the Ukrainian girl has made a rod for her own back because she said she would, she wouldn't, and she didn't. She refused to shake the hand as she beat a Belarusian uh, player in earlier rounds. She refused. To, she said before yeah. the match that she would refuse to shake the other player's hand. Uh, now she's going against all idea of of, of, of goodwill uh, in sport, and uh, I don't applaud her for that. But then, God Almighty, you know, if if what happened in the Second World War, did, did Britain still carry on playing football? No, there was no World Cup or anything, was there? No. Would would we be playing against Germany? No. So it's it's a very awkward position for her. Yeah. When um and uh, well, she's probably only young girl, they, they like they click on things that they like and the rest of it, and then people interpret it what they're clicking on and come up with a whole different bloody story. Yeah. All Again, right, Terry. The internet is a bad place. It is uh, indeed. Uh, um, Berners Lee has got a lot to answer for, but it should have been controlled from the very beginning. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, finish off by uh, wishing you well and obviously thanking you for your content, and we'll look forward to next week. Igualmente, señor. Gracias. Muchísimas gracias. Gracias.